are chaotic right now. And for me, like, I have, to, I have to make it a point ever so often just to tell myself to be quiet and be calm and be still. And I don't know that I deal with anxiousness and stress a lot, but certainly there's times when I do. And in those moments specifically, I have to remember who God is so that I can experience this calm in the midst of everything that we have going on in our lives as individuals, in your home, uh, in our community, in our nation, in our world. There is so much happening, right, that causes chaos. How many of you have uh, at least one child in your house? And I'm not talking about your husband's wives. How many of you have at least one child in your house, right? As soon as you have that one child, I remember my first child and everything changed. Everything changed, right? I was told that life would change when we got married, and it was, it was wonderful and stayed wonderful and is still wonderful. But when I had a kid, boom, like everything changed. My mind was racing so much. I mean, I remember the first time holding my daughter, Brianna. She's our oldest. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, like, I'm responsible for this little person. I'm responsible for her. So I know, listen, if, if you've got kids, if you, how many of you have been married more than five minutes? <laughs> so, okay, so you're out of the honeymoon phase. <laughs> that first five minutes is bliss. No. If you've been married for a, a minute or so, then you know what comes into your marriage. This is the thing that I know, that the enemy is going to attack family, just period. We could stop there and, and maybe, go, maybe go on and on just on a message of that. The enemy is going to attack family. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack the family in your home. He's going to attack your extended family. He's going to attack us as a grace family. That's where he starts. That's where he starts, especially if you are a Christian striving to follow Jesus. So there's so much chaos, so much stress. Raise your hand and be honest if you have experienced stress or anxiety, uh, let's just say in the last week. Okay, most hands would go up, and if, and if I extended it more than more and more hands go, I would imagine that if I extended it long enough that every hand in the room would go up, even if, it, even if we were supposed to all raise our hands then, we will experience stress and anxiety. I began to look up just some statistics uh, because I'm, I'm extremely aware of the, the high number of people in our, especially in our country, I'm not as familiar with the world the, as la- at large, but especially in our country because they're so easy to get, I, I'm very aware of how many people are on um, drugs for antidepressants, stress, anxiety. It's, it's a large, it's a large, large number. And listen, and if, that, if that's you, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm certainly not saying go to your doctor or stop taking your medication but what I'm saying is we need to begin to look to God to, to meet or to minister to the root causes of that stress because we will all experience stress. We will all experience anxiety. So let me read just a few statistics. Anxiety disorders in the United States are the number one mental health problem among women and are second only to alcohol and drug use among men. That's incredible to me. Not in a good way. It's estimated that job stress costs, listen to this, it's estimated that job stress costs you, the U.S. industry more than $300 billion a year in absenteeism, turnover, diminished productivity, uh, and medical, legal, and insurance costs. $300 billion a year. Almost 8 out of 10 Americans reported that the coronavirus, COVID-19, has caused them stress. Caused me stress. 
When everything's shut down in the beginning, I, I have, I've never been one to experience like depression and those sort of things. But I had to fight it. One, I had to recognize it, but I had to fight it early on when everything shut down because I, I wasn't around you guys. <laughs> I wasn't around people. And I can only stand my family. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, was, I wasn't getting out and I wasn't around people. And for me, like that's where I draw energy. And, and when everything was shut down and I was just interacting with people through Zoom, it just wasn't enough for me. And I had to face stress and anxiety and, and even depression, which like caught me off guard. But eight out of 10, 77% of US adults report feeling stressed over the future of the nation. 77%. And maybe that is representative even in this room. Anybody get stressed when they've got to buy groceries? <laughs> Anybody get stressed like you have a little prayer with God as the pump, the gas pumps? moving along, and you guys remember when they ding? Yeah, I'm that old. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, there's, there's stress and anxiety everywhere. 77% reporting stress over just the future of the nation. In 2020, and I imagine that that number continued to rise throughout that year and into 2021, 63% of U.S. adults said that the economy is a significant source of stress compared to 46% in 2019. So from 2019 to 2020, and we know if I could have found this statistic for present day, it's even worse, but it jumped from 46% to 63% stressing out over the economy. Peace is not the absence of problems, but the presence of Jesus. In a world filled with anxiety, we don't have to live anxious. We don't have to, to live that way. Listen, please, please hear me, because I'm not saying that you won't be confronted by anxiety and you won't be confronted by stress. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that we can still experience peace even in the midst of that. So why are we so anxious? I just wrote down a, a few things. Uh, you'll probably think of a few things as well, but this is the thing that in the presence of anxi anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Let me say that again: the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. We will experience anxiety, but the prison, being captive to that, is optional. So here's some reasons why we, you, might be anxious. Kids, I've already mentioned that one a few times. Bills, like all all your bills. Does anybody say that little quick prayer every time you start filling out the checks to send off? Or, or don't, don't raise your hand on this one because I don't want to get too much into your life. Um, but anybody here afraid to do like the automatic pays? Right, because you're just like, I don't know if we're going to have it next month on the 5th, so I might have to wait until the 10th. Or uh, how about this, work? Anybody experience work anxiety or stress? Or how about sickness? It seems like sickness just, just, it just keeps circulating. And if it's not COVID, it's something else, right? It's just, it's, it seems more prevalent today than it was a few years ago. Like every time I turn around, we've got people from our own church family that aren't able to come because of, because of sickness. Our economy, we mentioned that one already. Listen, life is crazy and sometimes by choice, sometimes the choices that you're making is what makes life crazy. Listen, I'm not going to, everybody pick your feet up because I don't mean to step on toes here. I always end up, when, I'm, when I get to this point of like this type of topic, I always mention this. I always tell myself not to because people get upset with me. Uh, but when it comes to family, here's the thing. Your life in general sometimes doesn't have to be as crazy 
as it might be currently. One of the things that Brandy and I had to make a decision very early on is, is giving our kids choices of what they want to do and not necessarily you saying you can do whatever you want to do. Like my son, my son wanted to play basketball and football and soccer and, I don't know, wrestle and lacrosse, and he wanted to play every sport out there. Uh, and then when it came to music, he wanted to play every sport there, I mean, every uh, instrument there is musically, he wanted to play. And I was looking at some of my friends early on and seeing that, man, they were constantly, like the weekends were just inundated with going to this park and this gym and then the, the gymnastics and then dance and then going all over the place. And Brandy and I made a, a choice very early on not to allow ourselves to get caught up in that. I wanted my kids to experience sports and instruments and you know, musical or, or dance. All of my girls were in dance, but we had to make a choice very early on to not let life get that crazy. Listen, as parents, we've got to make choices that bring health to our family. And I'm just saying this very gently, like don't throw anything at me. And your kid doesn't have to do everything. And family time isn't you in the bleachers and them on the field. Right? So we just have to be careful because the, the enemy is going to get this stuff in here, right? Life is crazy sometimes by choice. Sometimes we fail to set or at least balance priorities, so we let the priorities kind of fall, and then when we have no time left and no energy left, either the priorities aren't accomplished or we're given our priorities our very last bit of energy. That would, that would be true with our time with God most of the time. We talked about that some in the last series. We spend too much, in, in time, too much time engaging. I even had a hard time saying it because maybe I'm convicted. We spend too much time engaging with media or people that feed fear. Listen, if, if, if the news causes you anxieties, just stop watching the news. There's nothing good there anyways. I would say turn on some Right Now Media. How many of you guys have Right Now Media? If you don't have Right Now Media, email me, and I can get you a free account to Right Now Media, and it's full of Christian resources. If you do this on your own, you pay a lot of money for this, but through grace, you, have a, you can have a free account. And for parents, man, there's tons of stuff on there for kids. In fact, our little Ray, six years old, one of her favorite shows is on Right Now Media, Boz. So we have to stop engaging with this media that just causes us to be so anxious and so fearful all the time. Another reason we're anxious is because we don't see God in circumstances that are difficult. Because they're going to be difficult. But God's still there. He's still walking with us. He's still right beside us. He's still wanting to give us peace and strength and direction. So that's one of the reasons we become so anxious even, even in the church. We just stop seeing God in the midst of difficulty. So the truth is, truth is this, facing anxiety, stress, and fear is inevitable and unavoidable, but peace is always, always, always available. So this new series title is, is The Calm, and it will help us confront and overcome anxiety. Together we'll focus on Philippians 4, 4 through 8. The whole series will focus on this passage, discussing the truth and power we find in these verses. So if you will, if you have your devices, we'll have it on the screen as well. Let's read through Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Man, I just looked at the clock, and we're going to have to go till noon. <laughs> hey, some of y'all are going to meet our second service family. No, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. We won't keep you that long. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about what? anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, listen to this, think about such things. So as we go through this series, we'll look at four patterns of life that we need to develop. The first one is this, confronting anxiety. And we see this right here in that passage we just read, confronting anxiety. We can celebrate God's goodness, ask for God's help. I'm going through these quickly because this whole series will kind of uncover all of these. The first thing, we can celebrate God's goodness. The second thing is we can ask for God's help. The third thing is we can leave our concerns with him. Why do we always take him back with us? We bring him to him, we talk about him a little bit, and then we just kind of pull him back into ourselves and walk away. The last thing that we'll talk about in this series is meditating on good things, which we just saw in verse 8. So the acronym COM will be talking about celebrate, ask, leave, and meditate. So let's look at the first one. Celebrate God's goodness. We just sang a few songs celebrating God's goodness. Paul's prescription for anxiety begins with a call to rejoice. We see that in Philippians 4.4. So what do we rejoice in? First thing we can rejoice in, and this is just a few things, is rejoice in God's sovereignty. Listen, I believe that we believe in God's sovereignty until things go wrong. And then we begin to question, and then we begin to ask God so many questions. But let's stand in our belief that God is a sovereign God, and he's in control of all all, of all. If we really believe that, we could stop here and just finish the series because if we really believe that God is in control, we wouldn't be so anxious about everything. We wouldn't be stressing out about our finances if we really believe that God is sovereign. So sovereignty is the term the Bible uses to describe God's perfect control and management of the universe, not just your life. I mean, let's not forget that God is, God is a God of the universe, and he's in control of it all. I mean, one of my favorite stories, it's just so fascinating to me, because I've read some articles and uh, some things that were written to say that astronomers actually found it, but when Joshua uh, commanded that the, the sun stand still, like, we found evidence of that, and I don't know how it's done. It was really long articles, and they had a lot of big words, and I didn't understand them all. That is a God who's in control that can actually stop time. I mean, that's incredible. God is a sovereign, sovereign God. The problem is not convincing people that God is sovereign. The problem is living as if God is sovereign. Now, again, we, we, we believe this. If I were to go around the room and ask, do you believe that God's sovereign? In that simplest question, probably most all of us would say yes. Maybe you're going through some things in your life where you would say, well, I, I'm struggling with that. And, and maybe we should be more transparent to say, man, I, I know this to be true, but I'm having a hard time living it out, right? So rather than seeking to control, relinquish control. Relinquish. One of, the, one of the most liberating things that I've experienced as a pastor is truly believing that I'm not in control of all this. It's God. And if you, together with me, just lean in to hear God, we'll find his perfect will for us as a church family and for, for our role in this community. And when I can lean into that and really believe that, it takes really all the pressure off of me. I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to do exactly what you say. And when I do that, I put all the results in your hands, God. So if we do an event and one person comes, man, we're going to praise God for that one person. They're going to have to eat a lot of food because we brought it, we prepared for 100, but take it home, take it no. 
And then if we have a thousand show up, I'm going to rejoice the same. Because really the, the end result is the same. God's will was done. But let's believe that God's sovereign. Let's, let's give up control. And I know some of you, along with me, that's difficult. I think things go great when I'm in control. I feel a lot better about it too. But I've got to learn to just relinquish that to him. So the first thing is we rejoice in God's sovereignty. The second thing we can rejoice in is the Lord's mercy. We see that in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. In fact, that, that passage says that God is rich in mercy. That was a great time to shout, hallelujah. <laughs> Nobody took me up on it. God is rich in mercy. Another way to say that is God is full in mercy. His, his mercy is abundant. The Bible says that his mercy is new how often? Every morning. Listen, I believe many people, including Christians, live their entire lives without understanding God's perspective of them. That, that so many fail to realize that the mercy God has, the grace that God has available for them. And when they don't realize that, even Christians, even Christ followers, those really striving to live after Jesus, if they can't understand God's mercy, man, there's so many things that, that cause stress in life. He looks on us with so much love. Sometimes guilt generates anxiety, while God's mercy and grace frees us, bringing us to a place of peace. I don't know about you, but there's things in my life that I, I certainly wish I wouldn't have done. There's things in my life that I said that I certainly wish I would not have said. There's ways that I have felt and thoughts that I have thought that I wish I had not. But when I understand God's mercy, I understand his forgiveness. And this brings me to a place where I can rejoice in who he is. Here's the third thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. I actually wrote it down in my notes just off the, the top of my head, not thinking of the NIV, but I grew up learning it as rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say in fact, there was a song. You guys remember that song if you grew up in the church? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And flashbacks happening. So how often should we rejoice? How, how often? Always. What, what about the times where, like, man, things just fell apart? Like, literally, they just fell apart. Your car engine just dropped out of the bottom of your vehicle going down 77. When are we supposed to rejoice? Always. How many of you have a hard time with that? I do. Man, I, there's times to rejoice and there's times to say Christian cuss words. <laughs> we saw it a few times in the, in the film. Oh, shoot. Is that a Christian cuss word in your home? Oh, shoot. Right? There's times to rejoice and there's times to, make, to ask God, what the heck is going on? But here scripture says we're supposed to rejoice always. Listen to me. If we can learn to rejoice always, a lot of the stress and anxiety that, that we allow to captivate us would not take hold of our lives or our minds or our thoughts or our emotions. or Like it would be present. The engine would still be sitting on 77, but I'm on the, the side going, thank you, Jesus. I just didn't die. Or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like the three bucks, I go to the car lot with three bucks. Rejoice in the Lord always. Listen, when the pressure of life is caving in on you, you can worry or you can worship. And listen to me, I, this is a choice. This is a choice. 
When everything's falling apart, we can choose to either worry and, and stress out and be anxious, or we can choose to worship. If you worry, you feed the anxiety. If you worship, you feed your faith. Worry makes the problem big, and worship makes God big. Actually, I would, it's probably more accurate to say in worship allows you to see how big God is, right? Let's close our eyes. I'm going to figure out how we slow the, the series down a bit, even though we've got four weeks, because I think this is such an important topic. Because I don't know any human being that doesn't experience stress and anxiety, and for the most part, as we read through the statistics earlier, most of us, and I would say including us Christians, us Christ followers, and we're, we're letting it hurt us. Sometimes we're letting it destroy us. Sometimes it's so easy to get to a place where all we see are the things that are, that are difficult because the reality is there's, there's always things around us and in our lives, there's always circumstances that are difficult. Listen, I can be honest with you to say, and there's so many times where we're struggling at home with some things that we always experience continually every day with our daughter, Ray, who has so many challenges. I mean, she has physical challenges and mental challenges and emotional challenges, and, and there's so many times where I've just got to allow God to grab my mind to take all the stress and anxious thoughts away because it's difficult. We won't escape things that could cause stress and could cause anxiety until Jesus comes back for us. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that even though we had to kind of speed through this morning's message, that right now in these moments, the things that have been circulating in our minds as, as I've spoken and and thoughts were coming to us of the things that cause us stress and anxiety. And God, I pray that if we can't do it completely in this moment, that over the next few Sundays, we give you a little more and we give you a little more and we give you a little more of those things in our life that's causing stress and anxiety. God, would we look to you as the God who is sovereign and in complete control, even when it seems like things around us are falling apart. God, I pray that we'd be people that would begin to burst out with worship in the most difficult times, in the most difficult circumstances, when we're experiencing the most stress and anxiety and, and sometimes even pain, that those would be the moments that we would lift our voice and rejoice in who you are, because you are a God who never changes. Help us, God, to lay those things at your feet, even now in this moment. God, I pray that when we, when we finish this series at the end of this month, that there were several things that we left here with you. We chose not to take them home. That the next time we would face the same circumstance, that our minds would be at a different place, our focus, our perspective would be different, that our mouths would, would speak praise, and we would focus on who you are, not on the things that are difficult. Change, change us, Jesus. 
God, in a time when it seems like our, our, our economy is in a, in a crazy, crazy place, in a time where just about everybody I know is, is struggling financially, or it certainly has affected them to a great degree, God, I pray that we as Christ followers, we would be different when we're in the marketplace. We would still exhibit hope and joy in you. When things are, they are so stressful. Lord, I pray that people would begin to ask us questions like, how do you face this with such joy? How do you keep a smile on your face? God, would we be living our lives in such a way that those are questions that are asked of us every day? Things are hard at work, and maybe even when we've lost our jobs, when our car's broken down, when we're struggling to pay bills, when it seems like sickness just won't leave our home, that we continue to rejoice, and people ask us why or how could we do that. Change us, transform us, Jesus. We lay these things at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen.